Welcome to the Manny Podcast, episode 43, Terrell. <coughs> Hello. Lanolin. <laughs> Lanolin. <laughs> like sheep's wool. Oh, man, we're talking... I think we could finish up chapter four today of the Divine Conspiracy. I think we can. Beatitude in, four, in one, huh? No, I think we could finish it up. Okay. So let's give that a shot. Yeah. Well, maybe 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 finish that up with the disclaimer of, hey, everybody read the chapter because it's pretty fantastic. Yeah. But honest to God, like there's going to be stuff in here that you you need to read. Like it's probably it's probably not that we we probably don't need to take the time to make multiple videos on this one mainly because you kind of need to just you need yeah. to read this stuff for yourself because it's going to be 100 almost 100% different translation of the scripture in the way that Willard's breaking the Beatitudes down probably than you've ever heard anybody else right. preach it. Right. And that's that's a pretty important thing. It's a pretty life-giving thing. That's a disclaimer. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Stick around. So, well, I think it's just really important. I don't think it can be overstated. We said it a lot in the last one. But I have to say it again. What Jesus is doing is he's actually, so he's answering the questions of who is well off, who is a good person, or who is living the good life. And the thing is, is that you can look at, you can answer those questions from one of two angles. And the main way that most people answer that question is through the lens of, like, the infrastructure of the world. Yeah. The infrastructure of the nation. The infrastructure of the religious institutions. The infrastructure of the financial institutions. The infrastructure of all the things, which is why that was so important that we hit on that last week. And it's so important to understand that this week, too. Yes. You won't understand what Jesus is doing in this like great inversion of who is blessed if you don't know that the people that are surrounding him in that moment that he's teaching this and that are actually benefiting from the king of the heavens are the people who inside that world system were considered to be cursed by God. They were the ones who weren't really flourishing inside the system of, you know, the Roman Empire sure. or the nation of Israel or the temple or any of those things. They weren't rich people. They weren't, um, they weren't considered well off by their peers. Sure. And, but that's all seen as through the lens of the culture at the time. Sure. But Jesus is proclaiming blessed those who in the human order are thought hopeless. And by pronouncing woes over those human beings regarded as well off, Jesus opens the kingdom of the heavens to everyone. Yes. Um, that's... And he, Willard goes on to, to give a couple of other examples. He said, two other well-known scenes from Jesus' life emphasize the connection of the Beatitudes to the life and ministry of Jesus. The first is from his visit back to his hometown of Nazareth, riding the wave of popularity that greeted his entrance into public life. His growing fame went before him, and at the Sabbath gathering, he indicated his desire to read and comment on Scripture, as was commonly done. He read from the prophet Isaiah, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to announce that captives are released, that the blind have their sight, that the oppressed are empowered, and that this is a time when the Lord's favors are open to people. That's Luke 4, 18-19. He then let his townspeople know that he was the very one through whom these blessings would come to them. So he let his town people know that he was the one through whom these blessings would come to them. Now, their response was violent. And think about it, and Willard's going to talk about why, but it's because they all knew who Jesus was. Right. 
Like Jesus was like the little kid who, you know, used to go trick or treating. Yeah. And you know what I mean? He was the carpenter's son. Yeah, he was married. Joseph the carpenter's Joseph's son. boy. Yeah. Um, probably saw him playing whatever sports or whatever athletic stuff that was played in those days. You know, uh-huh. they understood him to be something. They saw him through a certain lens, right? Yeah. They saw him through the cultural lens, the national lens, the yeah. all those things. And that's why their response was violent. They tried to kill him because they understood clearly that he was claiming to be God's anointed leader, whereas they knew him to be only Joseph's son, yeah. the carpenter, who had worked for wages from many of those present. It's, it's just important to understand that Jesus was a man who was born in a city, in a town, who lived a life, who worked a job, who, you know, had to learn and grew up and all those things. And people knew who he was. There, He had a family. He had a community. He had a group of people who knew him and had been around him often. Yep. But notice who is among those listed by Jesus using the words of the prophet. The poor, the captives, the blind, and the oppressed. Clearly, this is the same type of list found in the Beatitudes of both Matthew and Luke. It is a list of people humanly regarded as lost causes, but who yet, at the hand of Jesus, come to know the blessing of the kingdom of the heavens. And that this is, I mean, there. this is essentially what this is about, right? It's about who is blessed. Yeah. And who is... Nobody is beyond... The blessing of of God, nobody, yes. and Jesus has come to proclaim that, and Jesus has come to be the one whom God works through directly to bless those people. Yeah. Um, the word translated "blessed" is the same as that used in Matthew five and Luke six. It refers to the highest type of well-being possible for human beings. But it is also the term of the Greeks used for the kind of blissful existence characteristic of, of the gods. More important, however, note here the list of hopeless cases that are blessed through the sufficiency of God to meet them in their appalling need. The personal ministry of Jesus from his present kingdom brings them beatitude. Now say that again. The personal ministry of Jesus from his present kingdom brings them beatitude. Now, If you can understand this, like, you should be able to be set free. Because (laughs) somebody, anybody out there who's listening, or who will listen, you are walking around and you are having to deal with, quote-unquote, real life. You are having to engage a culture a city, a vocation, an office, a household, whatever. You are having to deal with things as they are. You're having to deal with other people. You are in this culture. Now, that's the thing you need to understand is that like, None of those circumstances have any bearing whatsoever to do with your meeting Jesus, accessing Jesus, and being blessed by Jesus. Yeah. None of them. Yeah. Nothing. Like, not a homeless person on the side of the road. They don't not have access to Jesus, not a uh, CEO in a high-rise, not yep. a uh, home inspector, not a not anybody. Yeah. Nobody is barred entry or barred access from Jesus. Yes. 
His gospel has and has always been that the kingdom of the heavens is available through him moment by moment. There's nothing. Now, that's like, that's. Why is that so important, man? Like, and why do most people not understand that? Like, there's no, no, because that isn't that the route most people go? Is <clears throat> circumstantially things suck, therefore they'll wrongly interpret everything. I'd say so that's because the of interpretation that. naturally of the life. Yeah. Well, and well, I mean, they will draw conclusions about God yes. and about the availability of the kingdom. Based because, on that. yeah. But that's not correct. No. I mean, if what Jesus is saying and what he did in his life is true, that's improper. Jesus said he came to bless them. He came to bless us. Yeah. Like, God is sufficient to meet every single one of us in our appalling need. Yes. <laughs> The personal ministry of Jesus from his present kingdom is what brings everybody beatitude. It's what blesses everybody. Yeah. Indeed, such transformation of status for the lowly, the humanly hopeless, as they experience the hand of God reaching into their situation is possible, is possibly the most pervasive thing, theme of the biblical writings. Certainly, it is a major component of the great inversion discussed in our previous chapter. Um, the reigning of God over life is the good news of the whole Bible. The reigning of God over life, meaning the rule, the authority, the kingship of God over life is the good news of the whole Bible. Yeah. It is precisely this God-based inversion that Jesus expresses in his oft-repeated sayings about the reversal of the firsts and lasts. No doubt the initial response of most of us when we hear about God's care for us is that he's going to secure the various projects that we have our hearts set upon. Oh, in the setting of the rich young ruler story discussed earlier, Peter pointed out to Jesus that he and the other disciples had, unlike that wealthy young man, left everything to follow him. What will we get for this, he wanted to know. And Jesus replied that they would be rewarded in this life many times over for all their sacrifices and given eternal life in the world to come. But he added, many who are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. He knew that much of what Peter and the others thought to be important was not really so, and that what they thought to be of no importance was often of great importance before God. Their thinking would have to be arranged before they could understand their reward for leaving all to follow him. So he adds his reversal formula to help them keep thinking. In general, many of those thought blessed or first in human terms are miserable or last in God's terms. And many of those regarded as cursed or last in human terms may well be blessed or first in God's terms as they rely on the kingdom of Jesus again. It is not your circumstance. It is not the, there is not something inherently valuable in being poor in spirit. That is not what Jesus is saying. Sure. There is nothing inherently valuable or some sort of state of worthiness that comes to those who are persecuted on behalf of Jesus. That is not what he's saying. What he's saying is that those are the people who are considered last in human terms. And that consideration and that status inside the world and inside the culture automatically places them in a place to be more blessed than anybody. Well, as they rely yes. on the kingdom of Jesus. Yes. Not even that, that thinking about them, that, sure. that circumstantial way of seeing the world yeah. allows or bars them entry into the kingdom. Correct. They can still, even from that humanly low position, be blessed yes. by the kingdom of the heavens. Um, many, but not necessarily all, 
are in this boat. The Beatitudes are lists of human lasts who at the individualized touch of the heavens become, become divine firsts. The gospel of the kingdom is that no one is beyond at beatitude because the rule of God from the heavens is available to all. Everyone can reach it and it can reach everyone. We respond appropriately to the Beatitudes of Jesus by living as if this were so, as it concerns others and as it concerns ourselves. That sums it up perfectly well. I mean, can you... Do you have any commentary on that? No. Nope. Or that pretty much... that We can move on to the next segment because of that. But that's it. Yep. No one is beyond Beatitude. Yep. That's the gospel of the kingdom. Yeah. Once again, the Beatitudes are lists of human lasts who at the individualized touch of the heavens become divine firsts. The gospel of the kingdom is that no one is beyond Beatitude. Because of the rule of God from the heavens is available to all. Everyone can reach it and it can reach everyone. We respond appropriately to the Beatitudes of Jesus by living as if this were true as it concerns others and as it concerns ourselves. I just had to echo that. No, yeah. Well, because... That's the summing up of this of chapter You four. have to understand it. Yeah. Um, nobody is but beyond. It's, it's got it's to hit a transformational level yep. is what it's got to hit. It's kind of like it's kind of like everything else. It's like chapter three. and like It's got to hit it in a transformational level here. And honestly like probably the prayer if that's escaping you at the moment is like how does that like father how does that hit a transformational level like i want that to hit me in a transformational level because like that is the reality of yep. of the concrete like living reality of the kingdom of god is the beatitudes yes that's it let's hit on uh <clears throat> let's move on to the next segment Woo! stick with us so, there's a list of, like, hopeless and helpless people that Jesus is talking about in his Beatitudes, and he's saying they're blessed because the kingdom of the heavens is available to them. And what Willard does next is he kind of hits on, well, what if we, what if we applied the gospel for those who would be considered human lasts in our culture, you know? Mm -hmm. um, who would you regard as the most unfortunate people around you? And he hits through a few of them. He says, like, if you just walk down the, if you're in the checkout line at the store and you look at the magazine section, you'll see who are the, who are the human firsts, right? Mm -hmm. Celebrities, people with, washboard abs and yeah and uh the ones who have the latest information on how to achieve weight loss goals and you know you have all the diy magazines and pinterest and how you're you know make your house look a certain way and mm -hmm. and uh you know all these appearances and you know, this is this is this is stuff we're just comp completely inoculated, right? Yeah. Advertising oh, messages, yeah. everything. Yeah, that's the world. Um, you might think if you looked at these, the most unfortunate people in the world today are the fat, the misshapen, the bald, the ugly, the old, and those not relentlessly engaged in romance, sex, and fashionably fashionably equipped physical activities. Amen. And I would say even like. That's a, that's a pretty decent list. Like nothing's changed since the day he wrote that. Not really, not really changed. And here's, I think this is great, but he says, the sad truth is that many people around us, and especially people in their teens and young adulthood, drift into a life in which being thin and correctly shaped, having glorious hair, appearing youthful and so forth, are the only terms of blessedness or woe for their existence. It is all they know. They have heard nothing else. Many people today really are in this position. If you judge from what they devote time and effort to, you have the stark realization that to be fat, having thin hair, or a bad complexion, be wrinkled or flabby, is experienced by them as unconditional personal condemnation. Yeah. That is a fact about them. 
regardless of how silly it may seem, to say how silly of you is not exactly to bring Jesus' good news of the kingdom to them. Hmm. Instead, Jesus took time in his teaching to point out the natural beauty of every human being. He calls attention to how the most glamorous person you know, Solomon in all his splendor, is not as ravishingly beautiful as a simple field flower. Just place the daffodils side by side with anyone at the president's inaugural ball or at a motion picture academy awards and you will see. But the abundant life of the kingdom flowing through us makes us of greater natural beauty than the plants. God who makes the grass so beautiful here today and tomorrow burn for fuel will clothe you, many faiths, even more beautifully. Matthew 6.30 This is the gospel for a silly world, all the more needed because the silly is made a matter of life and death for many. Mm. Ah, so true. Sin, for that matter, is silly. If the kingdom did not reach us in our silliness, who would be saved? Lostness does not have to wear a stuffed shirt to find redemption. So we must see from our heart that blessed are the physically repulsive, blessed are those who smell bad, the twisted, misshapen, deformed, the too big, too little, too loud, the bald, the fat, and the old. Why? For they are all riotously celebrated in the party of Jesus. Like, dude, that part where he says, This is the gospel for a silly world, all the more needed because silly the silly is made a matter of life and death for many. Yep. Man, like Yep. Dude, there are people there are people that we talk to often. There are people that we are close to. There uh, there are people around us all the time who if the gospel did not reach them in their silly situation, well, you know, in air quotes, right? We're not saying, 100%. like, just using the language of the book here. That, I mean, it, it's just, there, li- there literally would be no hope for, for them. Yeah. You, you can't, this is the thing, man. Like, like Lewis says in The Weight of Glory, we have been, we have been taken in by the spell of worldliness. Yeah. We are such worldly people. And the way that we see everything, the way that we do everything, the way that we engage everything, we are thoroughly worldly people. We are such a part of the culture of the world that how we view ourselves, literally, like, how we view ourselves as being blessed or condemned is a matter of checking out at a grocery store. Yeah. Looking at a magazine and, and, and trying to compare ourselves to that image. Mm-hmm. Or looking at social media. And, dude, again, Lewis is really helpful here, in my opinion. Because one of the things, another thing he points out is, is the person who is, well, I'm paraphrasing here, but those who are basically those who say it most are the ones for which that thing is the least present. And what he means by that is, like, dude, I was, I mean, I don't know how profitable this is, but I love it. I was looking at, you know, I mean, I, it's not that I don't have, I have an Instagram account. Like, I'm not sitting here high-horsing anybody here. Um, I would say I probably use it for different reasons than the majority of people. However, again, not sitting here trying to say it can't be done properly. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Use totally it for can. that high currency. Um, but, you know, there's a certain, again, I won't name names, but there's a certain person who you know, used to fly the Jesus flag, who very sort of publicly said he's no longer a follower of Jesus. Um, he's, you know, this atheistic man or whatever. And But, like, the, the reality was is that the dude, like, cheated on his wife multiple times and over and over and over again. Amen, and brother. You know, that whole thing, like there was obviously a separation and a divorce that occurred and, you know, 
whatever. And then like, and then goes on this public speaking tour about how God's not real. And interesting. I mean, that's super convenient. Yeah. It sounds like Devlin does not sound like he's trying to convince himself of something. But now apparently, and I didn't know this because it's not like I kept up with the dude's life because I don't know him. And I, I mean, the only reason I know any of this is because there is such a thing as social media and people sure. put this crap out there. Yeah. Yeah. But now, apparently, like, he, he got married again. Oh, yeah. It's probably going to go well. And, but, dude, <clears throat> every, every single, and it's like two to three Instagram posts a day. Wow. Are of how much he loves his current wife. Mm-hmm. The dude's sleeping with other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably not much has changed. That's what it sounds like. Why would you have to do that? Like, something's not right there. <laughs> and again, I only bring that up to say, like, sure. this man, we're just silly people. Yep. You know? Who Cause you, are. Because you don't have to do that. No, you don't have to do that. Um, like, you don't have to do that. And you don't have to be the person. We're, what I, I brought that up to just say, man, we are so captured and taken in by this world yeah. that we have no. We are trying to be a blessed person according to human terms. Yep. We are trying to be a re, uh, received and a loved person according to human terms. God, that's so true. And man. like the draw to that's huge. And and man, it's just it really is like yeah. It really is a matter of life and death. Yes. It really is, and it's everywhere. And there's just not a, you know, thank God that Je- Jesus meets us in our silliness Mm -hmm. because it really like if he couldn't touch those things then man we're all screwed because we are all very very worldly people yeah who are fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when a holiday at the sea is offered to us and the only reason we don't accept it is because we can't fathom what that means because all we know is mud pies in the slums yep that's all we know but that's man like even in that silliness, like I just wanted to to go to that guy and be like, dude, well, but here's the thing, man, like blessed, blessed are the adulterers. Yep. You know? For yours is the kingdom of the heavens. Because Jesus is available. Through to the you. reach and rule of Jesus in that kingdom. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I would have to say, like in our cultural, if we were coming up of a, with a list of blessed, yeah, blessed are the the cheaters blessed are the freaking sexually promiscuous Mm -hmm. the ones who go on dating apps and do the swiping stuff i don't really know how that works i haven't met any swipers personally you know blessed are the are the uh person who's are the people who are on their fifth and sixth marriage sure blessed are all those like that's that's the point of the beatitudes yes like you're blessed not not due to that that does not make you worthy jesus is not establishing a basis for being blessed based on a circumstance or a sinful life or a a an empty life or a worldly looked at life no he's saying like you're blessed because even in that moment and that silliness and that sin i'm right there yep and you're blessed. The kingdom is available to you. Yep. Even still. Even still. And I just think that's an important. It's huge. It's an important thing to, to say again. No, it's it's huge. It's huge. And, and it's huge because most of us, well, most of us are walking around like that's a natural. That's how most of us naturally approach life. You know, that's why it's huge. Yeah. And that's why you like Willard's addressing it in this way is, you know. Well, it's important that we apply that to other people as well. Yes. And like that gentleman that I'm speaking about, I'm not sitting here condemning that guy. No. What I'm sitting here doing is saying like, look, dude, it's going to happen again unless you receive the blessing of the kingdom. Yeah. Like even in this moment. You can't. It's possible. Yep. It's there. So like, I'm not going to sit here and uh, as if I have the authority to say you you aren't worthy of 
Jesus coming into your life because that's not how this works. Yes. You actually are blessed in this moment. And that can help you out a lot if you are somebody who struggles with trying to put somebody in a last or a first category. Yes. That's not your call. Nope. It's not our call. That's Jesus's call. Yes. And what, guess what? Jesus said, I'm here, to, I'm here to take anybody and everybody and invert their position in the world and put them into the proper position in the kingdom. Yes. But only I can do that. Only he can do that. Yep. Um, hmm. Yeah. Is it true that the earth has no sorrow that heaven cannot heal? It is true. That is precisely the gospel of heaven's availability that comes to us through the Beatitudes. And you don't have to wait until you're dead. Jesus offers to all such people as these the present blessedness of the present kingdom, regardless of the circumstances. The condition of life sought for by human beings through the ages is attained in the quietly transforming friendship of Jesus. Oh man, gosh, yeah. I hope that's as helpful for y'all as it is for us. Yeah. The condition of life sought for by human beings through the ages is attained in the quietly transforming friendship of Jesus. Just start walking with Jesus. Yep. If you do that, you'll be quietly transformed and you'll attain what everybody has been trying to attain forever. Only through a quietly transforming friendship with Jesus can that be had. And you don't have to wait till you're dead. And you don't have to wait till you're dead. He offers this to people as such as the present blessedness of the present kingdom, regardless of circumstances. The constant, the, the concrete reality of the kingdom available now. Hmm. Let's go to the next segment. Can't we feel some sympathy for Jesus' contemporaries who huffed at him, saying this man is cordial to sinners and even eats with them? Sometimes I feel I don't really want the kingdom to be open to such people. But it is. But it is. That is the heart of God. And as Jonah learned from his experience preaching to those wretched Ninevites, we can't shrink him down to our size. And Paul's first letter to the church at Corinth, he gives an awesome list of those who continuing in their evil, cannot inherit the kingdom. Fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, male prostitutes, active homosexuals, thieves, the greedy, drunkards, slanderers, and swindlers. Then he adds, and such were some of you, but you were cleansed, made holy, and justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. If I, as a recovering sinner myself, accept Jesus' good news, I can go to the mass murderer and say, you can be blessed in the kingdom of the heavens, there's forgiveness that knows no limits. To the pederast and the perpetrator of incest, to the worshiper of Satan, to those who rob the aged and the weak, to the cheat and the liar, the bloodsucker and the vengeful, blessed, 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 mm. as they flee into the arms of the kingdom among us. These are God's grubby people. Man. Yeah. Any spiritually healthy congregation of believers in Jesus will more or less look like these brands plucked from the burning. If the group is totally nice, that is a sure sign something has gone wrong. For here are the foolish, weak, lowly, and despised of the world, whom God has chosen to cancel out the humanly great. That's 1 Corinthians 1, 26 through 31 in chapter 6. Like, read the Bible. Mm -hmm. He talks about this. Among them, there indeed are a few of the humanly wise, the influential, and the socially elite. They belong here too. God is not disturbed by them, but the Beatitudes is not even a list of spiritual giants. Often you will discern a peculiar nobility and glory on and among these blessed ones, but it is not from them. It is the effulgence of the kingdom among them. Mm. Speaking to the common people, the multitudes who through him had found blessing in the kingdom, Jesus tells them it is they, not the best and brightest on the human scale, who are to make life on earth manageable as they live from the kingdom. 
God gives them light, truth, love, and power that they might be the light for their surroundings. He makes them salt to cleanse, preserve, and flavor the times through which they live. These little people, without any of the character or qualifications humans insist are necessary, are the only ones who can actually make the world work. It is how things are among them that determines the character of every age and place, and God gives them a certain radiance. As one lights a lamp to shed its brilliance over everyone in the house, just so, Jesus says to those he has touched, let your light glow around people in such a way that seeing your good works, they will exalt your Father in the heavens. The complete obliteration of social and cultural distinctions as a basis for life under God was clearly understood by the Apostle Paul as essential to the presence of Jesus and his people. It means nothing less than a new type of humanity, mm. Abraham's seed. Those who, in Paul's language, have put on Christ, make nothing of the distinctions between Jew and Greek, between slave and free, between male and female. If they are Christ's, they inherit life in the kingdom, just as Abraham did through his faith. Mm. Now, let's stop reading, even though I could keep going. Yes. Because hopefully that was clear enough. We need to actually clarify anything but it's i love that and again i just think it's helpful need everybody to hear this jesus is using the people who receive his kingdom to be the ones who make life on earth manageable that's who he's talking about as blessed people you're blessed because you are with Jesus, not because of your circumstances. So that's not it. What is it is that the availability of kingdom is there for everybody. Nobody is barred entry from it, but you only will have that quiet transforming life if you have fr a friendship with Jesus. Mm. And that's what he's saying. He's saying that these people, the ones who have a friendship with Jesus, are the ones who can actually make the world work. It is how things are among these people that determines the character of every age and place. Hmm. I think that is a freaking profound, yes, amazingly awesome statement. Is that these are the people who are no longer who are no longer operating within the realm of the worldly qualifications and the worldly distinctions, right? Yes. These are the people who are no longer playing by those rules. They are living in the kingdom of the heavens, and they are friends with Jesus and are, are full of Jesus' spirit, and therefore they are applying that kingdom's way of living to the world around them. And that's what makes the world work. Yes. So that is a transforming thing. You think that that's, think everybody's going to understand what we just said there? Maybe. Maybe not. I'm trying to, I, it makes sense to me now, but I don't want to be, uh, I don't want to be the guy that too hastily, because we're almost to the end. Like we're, we're there. Chapter four is pretty much over here, and feel like in 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 closing this thing out, like we just have to know that the complete obliteration of social and cultural distinctions as a basis for life under God is essential to the presence of Jesus and His people. Like, yes, it means nothing less than a new type of humanity. Christ in each one is the only thing that matters. Yeah. Colossians 3, 10 through 11. Like, this is the revaluation yes. that we've talked about. This is the great inversion, right? Yes. Christ in each one of us is all that matters. Yes. Um, I mean, I. if you don't have anything to add to that, then... I don't know, know that there is anything to not add. Not exactly sure. Unless we 
had somebody ask a specific question about something specific. But even then, I think the answer would be the same. In a parallel statement to the disciples in Colossae, Paul says that in the new humanity whose knowledge of reality conforms to the viewpoint of the Creator, I'll say it again, whose knowledge of reality conforms to the viewpoint of the Creator, no distinction is drawn between Greek and Jew, between those who are circumcised and those who are not, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, because the Christ in each one is the only thing that matters. Because now... The knowledge of reality conforms to the viewpoint of the creator. Um, and yeah, so, uh, yes, that, yes, I don't have anything well, else to add there. This, this, this is good. Willard goes on to write, Paul's policy with regard to the redemptive community simply followed the gospel of the Beatitudes. He refused to base, this is it, okay? This is what I think everybody's got to get, like, <clears throat> He refused to base anything on excellence of speech, understanding, and culture as attainments of human beings. Rather, in building the work of God, he would disregard everything in the new humankind but what came from Jesus in his crucifixion and beyond. I resolve to regard nothing in your midst except Jesus Christ and him crucified, 1 Corinthians 2.2. 2. Mm-hmm. Or as he says in 2 Corinthians 5, 16-17, from now on, we disregard all human distinctions between people, and even though we have known Christ in human terms, we no longer do so. So if anyone is in Christ, they are a new type of creation, where the old categories drop away and the individual emerges in a new order. Mm. Surely it is the radically revolutionary outlook that explains why Jesus, in completing his statement on the blessed and God's government in Matthew 5, finds it necessary to caution, don't think I've come to abolish the law and the prophets. That is, to abolish the entire established order as far as the hear- his hearers are concerned. Obviously, he had to say this, because that is precisely what his hearers were thinking. They could think nothing else. They had not heard just another powerless list of legalisms, however pretty, and they knew it. They had heard an upside-down world being set right-side up. Mm. And this is important. The law and the prophets had been twisted around to authorize an oppressive, though religious, social order that put glittering humans, the rich, the educated, the well-born, the popular, the powerful, and so on, in possession of God. Jesus' proclamation clearly dumped them out of their privileged position and raised ordinary people with no human qualifications into the divine fellowship of faith by faith in Jesus. That is a powerful message, enough to thoroughly confuse a simple people who live with their noses to the grindstone and knew no uh, order other than the one imposed upon them by religious experts zealously defending their own privileges. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so Jesus cautions them to respect the law, to fulfill it, not abolish it, as he, will, as he then moves on, to where he will explain what the law really means for human life under God, exactly how they are to respect the law, and move beyond the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, which we shall see in the next chapter. There is not a single person out there who cannot understand exactly what he just wrote. Like... We are all in that boat. Yes. Where the institutions and the things of our day are all there to, to elevate people and value people incorrectly. Yes. Like, does that make sense? Yes. That is... Human beings are still calling the shots on who is first and who is last. And that is what Jesus came to invert. And he does that by being more powerful than any of those circumstances or institutions. He does that by offering his spirit and his life to all who will repent and believe in him. And he lifts them in his time and in his way into the positions that are theirs in the kingdom. And those positions cannot be stolen by the, 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 the way the world works. Yeah. And that is why they are blessed. They are blessed in the kingdom of God, even if... In the world, they aren't. Yeah. And that's uh, 
you know, like that's a really big deal. Yeah. It's a really, really big deal. This is about new creation. This is about the transformation of everything. This is about the revaluation of everything. Yes. And just that transference, that's what Paul talks about in Colossians, the transference from the kingdom of darkness into light, the kingdom of the beloved son in whom God lo- like God loves that transference that's what we're talking about yes is that occurs on no other basis than Jesus's grace and love towards everybody that's why that happens you are not at this moment currently the kind of person who to whom that transference cannot come every person out there is in their current position able to enter the kingdom of heaven yes right now and able to be blessed by god right now or you can choose to continue to participate in the way that the world works with its own standards and qualifications and lists of who's first and who's last and who's in between. Yeah. If you want to, I guess you can do that. But no, no, not me. Don't put me down for that cardio. No, that cardio is not good. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the great inversion. It's, it's the great revaluation. It is, it is understanding value proper. And, um, mm. and in the concrete reality of God, the quiet reality of Jesus becoming bigger, just by default gives the natural order of this stuff, you know? Yep. And I think that's what's beautiful about the way JC presents this stuff and the way Dallas is talking about it now is the, like, no, I didn't come to fulfill it. You've just, you literally have, or other people have either A, mistaken it or B, lied about it, twisted it into a specific thing that it never was. Yep. But this is what was being talked about for a long time. This has been the order of God's household for a long time. But now you have access to this stuff. Yep. Now. Yeah, I'm going to make it plain. This is here. And clear. Yeah, this is how this, this freedom, works. this goodness, this kingdom reality as to who is legitimately a quote unquote blessed person, who's yep. a good person, who's all these things. How to live the good life. How to live the good life, how to get to the streets of gold. It's all here now. And what you don't understand is you've all, you all have a seat at the table now. Yep. And that's important because it's the most important. Well, I mean, even <laughs> the those, everybody's see, still that's asking. the thing, man. Like even the, like the folks who are riding in the streets and burning Literally, down businesses. the worst people you can think of still actually guess have what, a seat man? if they want it. Blessed are you, yeah. Antifa. Yep. Blessed are you, Black Lives Matter. Yep. Blessed are you, Donald Trump. Yep. Ooh, did that hurt some people out there? Yeah. yeah, just let that just let that sink in. If that hurts you a little too much, man, you probably need to you no know, not probably, like you need to have a quiet transforming friendship with Jesus. Yep. Let's <laughs> say that's simple, man. Because honestly, if you can take the ones and not the other or the one and not the others, yeah. You got pro- you got you got grace issues here. You got revaluation well, and issues. And you're operating under an authority that has nothing to do with the kingdom. Yep. And uh, because honestly, if they don't have a claim, you don't have a claim. Oof. Boom. Damn. Yeah. Well, and just, I mean, because if, cause if, if y'all don't have a claim, me and Phil don't have a claim. If nope. our sons and daughters don't have a claim, we don't have a claim. I mean. Nope. That's because what like, you're, like, what, Will, again, like Willard said, as a recovering sinner ourselves, we can tell you that this is an availability of all, yes. all day, every day. And the temptation is going to be to work within the worldly qualifications and basis for 
blessed goodness even cursing yep because those people out there who are cursing anybody in this moment are cursing them because of a certain understanding yes they are saying no 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 these people are unworthy of blessing they aren't qualified sure they aren't blah 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 blah, blah. according to what according to the way the world works yep. not according to the kingdom nope and jesus did not come to reform or work within yeah the governments of the world and the things of the world no he came to bless those who wanted to be blessed by him and who received his blessing and as a result of his life in them that's the hope of glory yes the hope of anything being changed or anything coming to life from death only is on comes from that type of relationship yes that's it and like you said not a single one of us out here that get to say who can or cannot be a part of that yep like you are misunderstanding yes you are wrongly interpreting jesus um and like yeah i mean so you finish it out that's it man like be, yep. be blessed by jesus today yes that's what you it's what you want yes really and don't don't get wrapped up in stuff that doesn't matter which is a lot of stuff it's a lot of stuff it's a lot of stuff that doesn't matter if you feel like a human last it's because you're trying to operate under the human system of the way things work yep and if you like if you're if the basis of your life of blessing and cursing it's circumstantial. You're working under the way that things, the world works. Mm -hmm. You're trying to fit yourself into that, into that thing. And like Paul says in Romans 12, like, don't be conformed to the world. Nope. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you'll understand what the perfect will of God is. Like, just be with him is what he's saying. Like, just be with him and yeah. let him change what needs to be changed when it needs to be changed. And, and you'll be fine. Probably be okay here. <laughs> so... Well, we love you guys. Love you guys. We'll be uh, picking up on Chapter 5 next time. Pumps and pods. <laughs> oh, I will end on that.